to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome, and let's get started. The topic of sovereignty has been moved to the center for me and many others. It seems the little things that we do and learn in the coming weeks and months might be the difference between thriving and living in fear in our not-so-distant future. Are we heading for a societal and financial collapse, one that is violent and freaks everyone out? I hope not. I hope the transition to the new paradigm is gradual and one that each one of us can integrate. But when you're talking about entrenched systems of power and control, such as central banking, centralized food and supply distribution, centralized education, not to mention technology and its invasive application into our lives and minds, a gradual transition would not be my prediction. It will happen in a rapid destruction, and I believe that we're already seeing it. With that being said, I want any systems that have enslaved us to be deconstructed. We all have money in the banks, but that does not mean that central bank are our friends. Quite the contrary, as only a bit of basic research will reveal to you. Do I consider myself a prepper? No, not really. But I, like any responsible man and father, am doing my research, learning new skills, and making adjustments. And my conversation today with my guest is part of this sort of offering to you. I hope you will join me in educating yourself and your loved ones on the principles and tools of sovereignty, as I believe it is the sanest and most empowering road for us. And one little piece of news before we get to our interview. I see GoFundMe took 10 $10 million that were donated to the Canadian truckers who are marching for freedom of choice and redistributed it to the more woke causes that they know. Are you kidding me? So if you don't agree with them philosophically, they will steal your money and give it to someone else. I missed that part on their website when I was using them. This is something that should concern anyone, no matter their political orientation. What if your group was championing an environmental or climate change cause and GoFundMe took the money and gave it to the NRA because they thought that was better? Personally, I will no longer donate to any cause that asks for my money using GoFundMe. And yes, I am not above taking great pleasure in their downward spiral and ultimate failure. Who wouldn't? Hey, GoFundMe, here is something really obvious. When people trust you to broker donations to the causes they choose, they don't want it stolen from them. And just a little FYI, oh, and news travels fast when your business does something unethical. But you're already finding that out, aren't you? Christian Elliott is a husband, father of five, a certified personal trainer, health coach, and nutrition expert. He has a Master's of Divinity and since 2003 has logged over 15,000 hours of one-on-one coaching. He and his wife Nina run True Whole Human, a high-touch personal coaching practice where they help clients radically transform their health and keep it that way. Here is my interview with Christian Elliott. Okay, I am here with workshop leader writer, thought leader, freedom lover, Christian Elliott. Christian, welcome back to Basecamp for Men. It's good to be on the show again. Thank you. It's very great to be back. Yeah, you know, we we did a episode at the end of season three. We're in season four now on episode 119 titled The Road Forward. And I, I really love that episode. I was recommending it to a bunch of people saying, you know, this is a really good example of the show. And I think I just, it was one of the highlights of season three, our conversation. So I was eager to get you back on and, uh, and you've got a new program that we're going to talk about today, which I'm, I'm really a big believer in. I can see the benefit that it's, it's going to have for people. So I'm super excited to unpack that. But I guess I just want to start off by just saying what a time to be alive. Like you have truckers, 
going across freedom loving truckers going across Canada. Now they're, they're coming across the United States, I think starting uh, any day now making their way to Washington, DC. So it seems like, you know, the tide is starting to turn a little bit. And I, for one, I don't know about you, but I am super inspired and excited to participate in whatever way I can to help uh, 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 free, to secure our freedoms and our sovereignty. And, um, and I'm just super grateful right now that I get to be a participant and a witness in what is happening. Yeah, I am right there with you. I couldn't think of a more exciting time to be alive and to witness history unfolding it seems like every day something new is happening and to to recognize that we get to be on the side of fighting for freedom and to take that seriously and find our fight in this um this global attempt to put us under the thumb of a few people who want to control us and so i stand shoulder to shoulder with you i am thrilled to be alive and to be making a difference everywhere i can Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. You know, I think part of what's going on in this, you know, it's being called the great awakening, you know, they, they kind of sweep a lot of stuff under there, but I think it, it's, it's apt. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot of people, tyranny kind of snuck up on us in the United States a little bit. Like we're like, Oh, we're a free nation. We're a free nation. And COVID really showed, wait a minute, what is going on? And I think there's a lot of people that have started to figure it out. In other words, there's just so many things that don't make sense and they've maybe got friends that are pointing things out to them. So I think the center and even the center left uh, is starting to go, wait a minute, something doesn't quite feel right with the narrative they're kind of pushing out at us. And I think that, you know, people maybe have struggled to to find a practical way to make a difference. It almost looks like a movie and then it dawns on you, wait a minute, maybe I have a part to play in this. You know, this mm-hmm. is, a, to use Star Wars, you know, it's like the, the empire looks to be crumbling and I want to help the resistance any way I can. And, uh, and I think, what would your advice be to somebody that's like awakening? They're starting to realize, wait a minute, uh, I see Tony's got a show and Christian's got his programs. What can I do? How How, how does somebody maybe that's, been sitting on the sidelines for lack of a better way of saying it how, how would you advise them like what would be a courageous step how to what's something that they can do to help uh the truckers and you and i and everybody else that's like on the on the freedom side yeah i mean there's there's no right or wrong answer to that the, i think the first thing is maybe to step back and to say um if you're just waking up to what's been going on and you're realizing those you trusted or the authority figures in your life are probably not trying to help you. They're actually probably trying to do the opposite. And to recognize that that is a liberating understanding, but it can also be terrifying. It can also be highly unmooring to where you start to feel um, like you're distrusting of everything and you're, you'd rather retreat. And it's natural to feel a little anxiety sweep over you as you realize the breadth and depth of what's actually unfolding and what we're up against. So one is to be able to say, okay, that's happening. And to know that waves of overwhelm are going to come over you. They're going to come and they're going to crash. And then that probably won't be the last one. As you, as you peel back the layer of the onion again, you realize, oh my gosh, there's more here. It just keeps getting um, more amazing. And the plans they have laid out to try to shoehorn the entire world into one particular vision of how it should function. Mm-hmm. So first being okay to step back and say, I don't even know how to respond to this. It's a normal thing. And I want to validate you if you feel like you'd rather retreat to your basement and play Nintendo and hope this passes. But at some point that wave disappears and you realize 
this doesn't get better if we don't all start doing something. Right. And the challenge becomes, well, what do I do? And so the, the way I have wrestled with how to answer that, there's really just two things that I've kind of crystallized that have been guideposts in my thinking to help me answer what do I do within this mess. And it's, I really boiled them down to kind of the sacred duty question and the stewardship question. And when you know we realize there's evil, it's there's some level of duty to fight that. If we're unaware of what's happening, it's a little more forgivable that we're not in the fight or that we have missed major things going on. But as your eyes begin to be open to it, recognize that you do have a sacred duty that we have, you know, as, as our founding fathers talked about, if, if this goes the way it could go, if this experiment of we, the people doesn't work out, it's going to be on us at some point to fight. And it, it gives me liberty or give me death is going to start to ring a little more true. Yeah. And what then is our duty within that? What is our role? What battles do we fight? And part of the way I, I've or have uh, strived to answer that for my own life is just to look at the stewardship question. And for me, that really means, okay, what resources do I have of time and money and energy and, and family and people? And how would I make a difference in this fight? And for me, the filter that has helped is to also look at what am I not willing to sacrifice? Um, I'm not willing to sacrifice my family and, and my association with them or my ability to be present and protect them. Mm -hmm. um, to travel the world and speak on every stage and fight every battle I could possibly fight and to become distanced from the most important people in my world. So yeah. that became one of the operating principles. And then it's, well, what am I actually good at? Like, what skills do I have and where can they be of service to the world? So for me, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I make things. I create new ideas and new programs out of nothing. I, I have skills of coaching and teaching. And I, for some reason, I'm, I seem to be pretty good at figuring out complexity and distilling it down into how shall we then live? Like, what are the actionable, strategic, methodical ways to approach this? And so I've, I've done my best to say, where are those skills useful in this fight? And that's just led to kind of how we've shifted our coaching or the, the program that you mentioned that we're going to be rolling out here soon. It's just, so for, for any listener, what are you good at? Mm -hmm. Where could, are you good at admin? Are you good at cooking a meal? Are you good at hospitality? Are you good at writing? Are you good at legal? Like, what is it that you are skilled at? What are you currently paid for? Or what skills have you been affirmed for? And there is no shortage of needs or organizations doing their best to put a fight up um, and to, to rebuild ethical systems that are um, so needed today. So where in the sacred duty and stewardship do you kind of find your ground to stand on? And really, it's between you and God, what you do with that. It's it. No, I, I can't tell you that you should or shouldn't be fighting any particular battle any particular way. Yeah. But if you can lie your head on the pillow at night and say, I'm doing the best with the time and resources I have. I'm not fight. I'm not hiding from an important fight. Um, you're going to sleep well at night and you, you wake up ready to bring on the day saying, wow, what a time to be alive. And here we go. So that's a little bit how I've handled it or how I'm starting to help others handle it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And uh, so you've created this new project, the Sovereignty Project. I love it. I loved it from the first time you mentioned it last time we spoke. And um, what was the motivation for creating it? And who is it for? Like, what's, what's, the, what's the person that this is really going to be a benefit for? Yeah. So I guess the story behind that is, as you can imagine, we've, we've got you know, coaching clients and there's been no more pressing issue on any of their minds the last two years than mm -hmm. what in the world do we do with this COVID thing? And so 
we feel, you know, part of the way we conceive of our business is we're in this to create breakthroughs, in particular health breakthroughs. And what that means for us is that we are willing to turn over any stone or face down any obstacle with our clients and help them strategically think about how to overcome that. And so with COVID, it, it, there's, all, there's a stewardship to our clients or there's a duty, a responsibility to them to help from as many angles as we can. But personally, we've looked at this and as I've you know, dove deep into different topics and understanding the breadth and complexity of what we're up against. It, I started to kind of formulate because I'm a decent at complexity. I said, okay, what is it going to take for us as a family to disentangle from this control grid and really, at least in our own lives, dissolve it into irrelevance. Mm-hmm. And so we, as we did that, we started kind of mapping out, okay, here's all the different ways that we need to disentangle from food sovereignty to health, to, to digital footprint, to et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we looked at that and said, okay, great. If we disentangle from this, but none of our friends do, or our clients don't, or there's not enough of us that are also doing the same thing, then how big of a difference are we going to make? We're circle the wagons and, and have an escapism element wasn't going to work. And to me, that didn't fit the sacred duty filter. And, and I said, I, there, there, maybe what we need to do is we need to take our skills and turn them toward this massive project of reclaiming agency from those who don't want us to have it anymore, from those who want us to own nothing and pretend we're happy about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should turn our skills toward looking at the complexity of breaking down what are the areas we need to disentangle from, what would be the actual action steps we're taking to disentangle? How do we figure out where to start anyway. And so as we, we spent a few months just really wrestling with questions like that, and as we did, it kind of came into focus. Okay, I think, is there anything else outside of this that's majorly influential where they can pull us back into the matrix and we don't have any way out? And once we said, okay, no, I think this would do it. Then it's like, okay, here's the areas, here's what it would take to disentangle. And as we started toying with the idea of making a program out of this, we thought, well, shoot, this like we're a family of seven, a wife and five kids, and that doesn't fit everyone. And so there's married, there's single, there's kids, there's no yeah. kids, there's ages and stages. And so it just became, what are the other outliers that don't fit us in particular? And so as we kind of flesh that out, we really we settled on the areas. I think it, no matter where you are in life, uh, this approach to disentangling would help. And we also did a, a survey to see what people really were um, feeling where they just felt the most pressure and so that really gave us some instruction as well. Well, that what what I like about the outline of it and and looking into the different modules, which I'm gonna I'm gonna say tell the listeners what they are in a second, then we're gonna drill down into them a little bit. Um, is there's something there for everybody? It's not just uh, homesteaders. It's not just urban. You know, like there's you could be an urban person and plug into some of the modules and it make a big difference. You could be somebody looking to buy a land. Maybe that's been on your 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 dream list for a while, and this is starting to give you some ideas of what to what to uh, what to tap into. Um, and to your point earlier, you know, I hear some people that are that are sovereign, but they're not, you know, it's just like, well, I've got my guns and my land and I know how to grow food. I'm out of here. And it's like, that's great for you. But is that making, is that honoring any kind of sacred duty? You're, you're safe, you and your wife, but is there an, another way to do it that maybe adds to everybody else's uh, uh, toolkit or perspective and um because this perspective is is new for a lot of people isn't it christian like this whole idea of sovereignty and certainly grabbing tools that say i want to go off grid because 
it seemed like the way that we've been conditioned as a technological urban, you know, driven society um, is that, you know, uh, the grid is your friend, right? The, mm-hmm. your, the, grid, the grid is your convenience. You can click and deposit your check in the bank. You can click and Amazon will bring you, you know, your food or whatever it is. So it's like people are like, oh, it's just, it's so convenient, but there's been a dark side to it um, that, that kind of we're, 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 talking about here and we've talked about in other shows in that you know it's 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 adding to our slavery mentality or our slave mentality to say i can't do without all these things or i have to have my food delivered or it's got to be at the grocery store or i won't eat right there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people there's a lot of people that feel that way i i lived in new york city for 10 years and i can you know i'm i'm one of those kind of uh city grown city it's as they call us out in the country where it's (laughs) like you know my mother's my mother is a fantastic master gardener on five and a half acres. I mean, she's, you know, miles ahead of me in terms of sovereignty in that regards. Um, But I just wanted to give you a chance to describe, you've got six modules. I'm going to read them off now and then just ask you, because you've got it structured in a really interesting way. You've got two phases that I'll let you talk about. And each module has three tracks. And so I think at first glance, it's like, are those all bunched together? Is that is track one, two, and three of each module? Is that you know uh, a beginner, intermediate, advanced, or those different tracks? So I'll let you unpack that. But the six that you came up with, which I think is fantastic, you've got health and healing as the first. Two, you've got financial stability. Three is digital independence. Four is home and community. Five is strategic survival. And six is food freedom. And each one has a phase one, phase two, and each one has, I believe, three tracks, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So the yeah, the way we conceived of it really was uh, just to originally come up. We didn't know how many track or how many different um, areas of sovereignty we would really need to think about. But um, what we realized is that we, it came down to six. These are the six different areas that if we could feel like we had autonomy over that those areas of life where we were not under the thumb or potentially somebody else could just centralize and tell us. You have to eat this food. You have to, we can just, as they just did in Canada, we can shut your bank accounts off if you don't behave. If, uh, and so as we looked, we came up with those six areas and then um, started drilling down, okay, what would it mean to teach these things? And one of the, the big things that we've learned over the years is that it, so much of the nutritional ex- advice, for example, the, the way that we coach nutrition is we typically start people off with a steep learning curve. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to learn. And if you will embrace the time that it takes to learn, what it eventually does is it illuminates all the important questions and you figure out which questions are irrelevant or for a later time. So as we started looking at, okay, what would it take to help people? So for health and healing in particular, right? We, we said, what would it take to not be dependent on the hospital system? Those have become medical prisons. Like I don't ever want to go to that unless I get hit by a bus or something, yeah. right? What would it take to disentangle from the insurance system? What would it take to disentangle from um, needing to go to the doctor for every random thing that comes up? And how would we have more agency to be healthy at home? And what, would, what are the inputs or the influences that are currently robbing us or wrecking our health? Mm-hmm. And as you understand, these are the things that are detrimental and you understand the here's what the healthcare system is. Here's what the insurance system is. It's a lot to think about. And so what we have set out to do is to take a a month of just learning rather than jump in. Okay. What do I need to do? Well, let's, let's step back and make sure we're asking the right questions first. 
So we, the way we conceived of doing these modules is each one of the six will be a two-month process. The first month is just dedicated to situational awareness. It's dedicated to learning at a high level. And we're, we've done our best so far to weed out and curate the most important things you need to know in the area of health and healing to address the things I just mentioned, right? So as you take a month to learn, it's going to start to illuminate the questions. The fun part, we'll be doing this in community and we'll have the ability to talk and dialogue and have a social platform that nobody can censor. So it's, it's the idea to take and learn with enough depth to then say, okay, now that I understand why I went, want to EMF proof my life. Now that I understand why, uh, or how I could heal myself at home. Now that I understand, um, how powerful fasting is, for example, yeah, I want to, I want to take and focus on something specifically. And what we realized was, it was too much to ask anybody to try to do all of the things. It's just monumental. And so that's where we came up with the tracks idea. If we have a month of learning and asking the right questions so that we're gearing up for a doing phase, often the way that we look at change is what's the most aggressive we can be at change without breaking the system, without being too much. And, and the common you know, malady of people have of overestimating their capacity or expecting change is going to happen faster than it will. Yeah. And so as we realized, okay, we, we really have several different tracks within this health and healing. And so it ironically ended up with, with we started to put ourselves in the box of, okay, what if there were just three tracks of, and we could take there's the learning month. And then there's the, the second month of that module is what we call the doing month. It's the time to mm-hmm. dig your, get your hands dirty, roll up your sleeves and say, I'm going to go take sovereignty of this area of my life and to be able to have a focus. So this week we're going to do this. So it's basically four different weeks within that doing month. So we kind of map out, take these steps in this order. And so break down what could feel like a fairly overwhelming process, rank stacked by what's most important to you or rank stacked by this is more expensive than that and, and give you options no matter your budget. But just to give you this feeling of like ah, one less way that I, one less chain I have cut loose that gives me more sovereignty over my health or my ability to heal or any of the other areas that you mentioned. So that's kind of the broad framework of how we conceived of it. It is, is, you know, do you do like, let's the health and healing one, would you do track one, then track two, then track three? Or is there a way to look and say, no, you know, what is really talking to me is track three by the way it's described. I'm going to do three because that seems to be my edge. Is that a way to approach it? Or is it, is track one really where to start on health and healing? Yeah. Great question. So with, with each module that the learning month is going to give you situational awareness of all of the different parts and including the different track options that are available. And the way we're envisioning it is that somebody will look at the three tracks available and pick one, Mm -hmm. and that will be their focus for the month. I think it's really aggressive to think you can do more than one, maybe one and a half, two, but um, to be able to look at the tracks and say, which one of these feels the most relevant and the most urgent to me? Mm-hmm. And to spend a month just on that one. And the way we're conceiving of the program is that that you'll always have access to a lady who can come back and you can revisit the other tracks that weren't timely or that you ha- didn't have time for originally. But really, it's just pick one, uh, whatever's most urgent and important, and let's focus on that. Let's get you so sovereign in that area of life that you are now disentangled from this control grid. Well, and I, I think the way that you you and your wife have it constructed as well is that if anybody dives in, let's say they do health and healing, and I think that's great. I want to talk about that just for a second after this, but I think let's say they did health and healing because that's the one that was really speaking to them. I think 
as you start to read material and look at the other five modules, you might start to see, hey, wait a minute, I've got pretty good sovereignty in two or three of these, but where I don't have it is in this one. Now it really stands out now that I've taken a bite out of health and healing because that was the most important. All of a sudden I'm seeing food freedom is really like I that I, I would give myself a one or a two on that. Mm. Uh, and so let me take a bite out of that next. I think I think is if you start to approach some of this material of yours with a curious and open mind and a beginner's mind, um, the course will kind of uh, play itself for you in a way that's optimal for you. Um, and I think the health and healing one in particular right now, I'm hearing and reading a lot of people that have kind of buyer's remorse on uh, on the vaccines, uh, people that got it because they thought, no big deal, I'm just going to get it. I had vaccines when I was a kid, and that wasn't a big deal, so I'm going to go ahead and get these. I don't really feel like reading any of these other you know, counter, uh, you know, vaccine uh, narratives. I don't want to get into all that. But now, fast forward, all of a sudden, either they've had some issues with their health or they're starting to go, you know what? I'm starting to get this funny sense that that thing wasn't that that experimental gene therapy maybe wasn't what my body needed. And I want to start to really um, be really mindful of my health, including taking it to a next level because maybe I've got some detox to do. Um, and also that you've got EMF um, awareness uh, in that health and healing when that alone would be worth uh, the course because I think EMF is a little understood uh, phenomenon and I and um, I think it can really negatively impact our health and we're all you know we're all attached to our devices so this impacts all of us this is a topic that's relevant for everyone right yeah it absolutely is I mean the, the health and healing is there's if you don't have your health what do you have not much and yeah. if you can recognize that the medical system is a business first. It's not out to help you. It is out to make money. If it happens to help you, great. Um, that's a blanket statement for a system. It's not pointing fingers at any doctors or anything particular. Yeah. But the system as it is set up is not It's not meant to help. It's not healing. It's a, a treatment-focused, symptom-focused, or now um, medical prison that is easy to get sucked into. And so mm -hmm. the way we looked at the tracks in particular for health and healing was to say, okay, what would it look like for us to feel sovereign and capable to heal almost anything at home, no matter the health condition? Um, we as a business, we don't treat anything. We just help the body function as optimally as possible. Mm -hmm. But over the years, we have collected so many good um, tools in our toolkit. To, like my if son hurts or this, that, or the other, my daughter has a problem with this. We are so knowledgeable about health that we just know oh, the body needs this kind of support yeah. and we get behind it and are able to heal. So there's a dozen or so life-giving ways that we will not need the medical system. If you have the belief in what you're doing and the confidence to, to try out new things, so this, this idea of holistic healthcare at home, like what would that look like? What would you need to know? That's really where we built one of the tracks to give you confidence. Because I've talked to a few different moms in particular who are just terrified to have to take their kid to the doctor. Like, I don't know, I know. what's going to go on there. Like what I'm going to, uh, you know, salting, I'm going to get about the, whether or not I've had this injection or whether or not um, no. I'm doing the things according to the way they see fit. And who wants to go get stuck in a system? I've, I can't tell you the number of people who've reached out to me who say, is there anything you can do? My my family has been taken prison by this system and the yeah. doctors won't let me do this. They won't let me see them. They won't prescribe things I think would work. And it's just this, how do we just make sure we don't need to go there? Is was some of the impetus behind that particular track. Um, yeah, and then I, I, I actually, when, when all of COVID was going down, I told my dad, 
specifically, but I told both my parents, I said, don't go to the hospital, whatever you do. I go, you will, it's a, it's a 50, 50 chance you make it out of there. I'm serious. Like, don't, don't overly like rely on that as your get out of jail free option. Cause it's actually the opposite. Like just here's what we could do. Here's a protocol. And, but yeah, if you go in there, they're going to want to try to put you on a ventilator and it's done with then. And so I think my dad in particular was like, okay, I I hear what you're saying. I'm starting to read some of the stuff you're reading. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a scary place to go. If you don't have the, the, um, a a stomach for confrontation or you don't know the, um, the rights of a patient, like if you can't take that and, and forcefully use it, you can be in a world of hurt trying to get out of that system. So um, we want to give people tools to feel empowered that I don't, I'm not stuck if something, I'm not worried anymore that if something happens, if I get an infection, if I have problems with the hormones, if my digestion's off or whatever may come up, we got you. We'll, we'll, we'll teach you what, how health works and what's influencing it and how to, how to rise above that was, and protect was, yourself. Was that the first module that came into focus for you being somebody that's a health expert? Was that yeah, the easy that one was the, at the top? Yeah. That is the easiest one yeah. for us to knock out. The, the, yeah. the other ones are stretching me. And, and part of yeah. the way we're, we're developing this program is it's not just the Christian and Nina show. If we mm-hmm. can have it our way, it is going to be a, we're going to, each one of these modules will take two months. And so health and healing will be first. And then we're going to switch to a new one. And we may, mm-hmm. we may change the order of them depending on how world events unfold. But um, right now it's just, the plan is to bring in the subject matter experts at the end of each learning month after we have spent time digesting really important information and then to take all the questions that are above my pay grade that I don't know how to answer and to give you someone to ask those questions to so that when we start the doing month you can really do it in an informed way but yeah to your question health and healing is is the one that we have the most knowledge of and feel very comfortable and confident in and so it, it came out in the survey it was one of the most important areas people wanted to be sovereign. And so uh, we're going to kick that off with what we really know well and um, dive into the others. Well, and we've been, we've done now, I've done two or three episodes on cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. uh, And uh, I had on recently, uh, just a couple episodes ago, I had on Mark Jeftovic, who has been in it for a long time, and he was great to talk to. But we were talking about sovereignty and Bitcoin, sovereignty and cryptocurrency. And he -hmm. said, well, people there's a lot of people that, you know, he goes, it's, 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 nobody's late to the party. He goes, this is, this is an unfolding sovereign track mm-hmm. for our finances. He goes, people, people ask, well, what's it going to be good for? And he said, well, look at what the Canadian government, the GoFundMe just took $10 million from the truckers and redistributed. He goes, I can think of one thing that Bitcoin's going to be good for not having that happen. You know, it's like, yeah. so I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Bitcoin in particular, but also cryptocurrency broadly, I think is moving from the fringes. You know, mm-hmm. it, it came out of this, what the heck is this, to the, from the, you know, being used on the dark web to purchase XYZ or whatever. And now into the light of the day where freedom, uh, freedom lovers and, and people that talk about sovereignty are speaking about it because it's not tethered to the central banks. Mm-hmm. That, that could be a whole nother episode for you and I, as we, as we talk about the central banks and the corruption, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, uh, it, have you been exploring uh, uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency for, a little while now. What's been your experience with that? Is that part of the the financial module that you have? Yeah, I, I've. The, several months ago, I really started as I 
get past the, okay, this is not about health. This is about yeah. an agenda. And okay. You start to go, okay, the world economic forum and their dystopian disgusting vision of what they want to turn the world into this decade. Yeah. And then you start to say, well, who in the world is behind this and how are they controlling it? And how is there this much leverage? And you can't ask those questions for very long without ending up that who controls the money in the yeah. banking system. And so that really led me to a deep dive into what in the world else do I not know about finances? And um, so that led me deep down the rabbit hole of the history of central banking, the history of money. Like, what is it? It's a tool that man made for what purpose? And, yeah. and eventually you can't stay that for very long without coming across Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. And you don't understand, like, at least me, I did not understand why we would even need something like Bitcoin until I understood the problem it was attempting to solve. Yep. And that, once I realized, oh, that's why it's been made. And then... Yeah. From my perspective, and I'm I'm still relatively new to this world, but the only cryptocurrency that I would put any faith in at this point would be Bitcoin. The other mm -hmm. ones to me are likely manipulable. There's something that could be manipulated mm -hmm. by people who want to figure out how to use blockchain technology and centralize power and put us right back in the mess we are in. Yep. The beautiful thing about Bitcoin is they can't do that. Yep, and exactly. you can protect it in a wallet and nobody can touch it unless they can come force the the your passcodes out of your head. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a, a way that we get to opt out. Um, I Currently, I would not advise anyone put all of their eggs in the Bitcoin basket in terms of, if I've got that, I'm going to be fine. There, there's a reason yeah. the program has much more breadth than that. Yeah. And yeah. There, there's it's good to be wealthy in other ways, in relationships and in food and in obviously your finances and to have tradable assets and to have skills. And so yeah. that's some of what we're building into the financial stability piece is a trade and barter networks. And what does it mean to have ethical banking and sound investments? And where can we store values these days? Um, and if you need to, what, you know, if you don't have the skills to be, uh, if you're a thought leader, you, you can sell your knowledge. What would it look like to, to start an online business and, and to package that? So one of the tracks in the uh, financial stability module is just an online business primer of where do you start and what are you looking at? And is this the path for you? And to help give anybody just a feeling of like, okay, whew, I can, I can, I can bring in some currency. I can, I can exchange some value somewhere. And yeah, to me, Bitcoin is part of that solution. And I think it's a, a fantastic invention invention that is um, several decades later than we would wish it would have been invented, but yeah, um, yeah. it is the one thing that central banks can't control. And um, they've been even admitted as such. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we were we had a Patriot party at my friend's uh, at Roy's house uh, a few weeks back, and these kind of topics came up. And there, I guess, there was ten or twelve of us there, but we started like just like kicking the tires on like getting land, and you know, and it was like as everybody was talking, we realized we could we have almost all the skills. Like we have some great gardeners, we have some great carpenters, we have some great yoga teachers and spiritual people. Uh, we have like, it, as we went around the room, we realized, well, we could do something, all of us, we have enough, uh, you know, assets or financial stability where we could actually pull this off if we really wanted to do something like that. And, and that, mm -hmm. was, that was really uh, inspiring and uplifting for me to not feel like, well, that's fine for Christian and his community, but I don't really have anywhere to start. Well, in fact, I do know 10 or 12 people just to start with that might mm -hmm. be very, very interested in kind of an intentional community if that was the thing that we needed to do to thrive, right? If it, if, yeah. it, if, this, if events, to your point, if events unfold 
you know, there's a lot of ways it could go. It could be a painful transition. It could be kind of a quick transition and we're on to really inspiring new things. Um, uh, but I think it's been really, really good for us as a tribe. I know it's been good for me to have to wrestle with these sovereign questions about mm-hmm. our sovereignty to maybe learn and put some things in place. And then if it gets kind of drastic and we're like, okay, things are going to hell in the cities. We're all moving out where, you know, then I feel like I've already done some legwork in a way, not only with people that I know, but maybe with taking some of your courses. And so it's really, really good. I'm really glad you're doing it. Thank you for offering this for We the People. Um, yes, and, then, and then you sent out, I, 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 I want to hear where they can find the course. So let's get your website. But then also, um, you sent out a great email where you collated your best of like the past year, best books and documentaries that you found. And mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, uh, you might be able to mention a couple of those and uh, where they can go to subscribe and maybe get that uh, get that list or uh, find the course. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, sure. The, yeah, the email I sent out uh, last weekend was just my uh, blog. I linked to my blog where I captured some of my musings on the best books and documentaries I've read. So you can find that at deconstructingconventional.com. Mm-hmm. Just it's currently it's the most recent post. It's just my favorite books and documentaries of 2021. Yep. Um, and so I I I enjoy studying broadly. So there's several different kinds of topics on there, but um, ones that be really relevant, I think, for this particular conversation or the topic of sovereignty, or the couple that probably blew my mind the most last year. One was called A History of Central Banking and the Enslavement of Mankind by Stephen Mitford Goodson. And boy, oh boy, did that reshape some of how I (laughs) thought I understood history and recognize that this central banking idea of um, how to run the economics of a country is it goes back to before Jesus. It's an old model that every time it has ever been used has always imploded Mm -hmm. and um, forced hardship on the population. And um, just to recognize the history of this, it, that book as many as much as any other opened my eyes to really wanting to understand the financial world more. And that's where I was like, well, what other options do we have? And that's where I came across Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of books on there about Bitcoin. Um, probably the other one that really opened my eyes or just over-delivered and blew my mind more than I expected was called The Invisible Rainbow, mm-hmm. uh, A History of Electricity and Life by Arthur Furstenberg. And anytime you can get a book that just does a macro view of history and really accounts for so many different moving parts. And so this, I mean, it's almost the entire history of electricity and hmm. the all the different ways that we made inventions and the way we tried to use it and the inevitable resulting health problems that came about every time we made an advancement using anything electricity Mm. and how you can correlate disease outbreaks and um, obesity in animals that are not living in captivity and the destruction of bees and the ways that birds can't find home and so many different um, diseases that we think of heart disease, cancer, diabetes, et cetera, have so much of their roots and the questions that we're not allowed to ask, like, what if this is an electrical problem, not a chemistry problem? And the recognition that we humans are electrical first and chemical second, and that all of our processes happen because there's this life force, of this electrical force that goes through us, and the bombardment that we get continually throughout the day, throughout our devices, we can't not be affected by it. And it, it is so swept under the rug and ignored. It's the question no one is allowed to ask. And he does a fantastic job in that book of illuminating what's actually going on and 
a better awareness of what we're up against so we can begin to fight it. So that That's was, those are two amazing ones. What's the name of that one again? That sounds like a great book. I got to check it out. It's called the invisible rainbow, a history of electricity and life by Arthur Furstenberg. Okay. I'm going to get that today. <laughs> and then <laughs> You mentioned the Bitcoin book you had on there. Um, I think it's a fantastic book. It's called The Bitcoin Standard. Yes, that is great. Safedian Amos. Yeah, I'll Um, let you pronounce the name. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I spelled it for you. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think that's probably the single best introduction. I know a lot of smart people that are that are just arriving in the Bitcoin question. Um, And so there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of videos that don't really teach you much. And I think that book is, he's a really good writer. The, the, the subtitle is The Decentralized Alternative to Central Banking. So right in alignment with what we're talking. And I think anybody that reads that is going to come away with it with a big understanding of what, what Bitcoin is, what's the role it is going to play, uh, and why they may want to start to uh, uh, put some assets or to uh, invest a little bit, uh, whatever they're comfortable with in it. So yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's another one you had on the list. Well, Christian, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men. It's always great to have a chat with you. I'm so um, uh, thankful, gr- uh, tons of gratitude for the program you're doing. I'm looking forward to, to taking a look at this and, uh, and participating. I'll be in the community in one way, shape or form. I still have to decide which module I think is going to be most beneficial, but thank you for this offering. I think it's really going to benefit a lot of people. And it looks like a program that'll be around for a while that people, you know, coming in now, great, the, the early adopters of it, but there, this is something that could help people, uh, for years on end as we, uh, explore our own empowerment and software. So thank you, Christian. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure to be here. And if anybody wants to find out or follow that program, you can go to truewholehuman.com slash sovereignty. Um, and we're going to build a different social network. It'll be truewholehuman.social where you, we're going to be doing a lot of work for the Sovereignty Project right there. You can find us at those two places. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. Good seeing you. I hope you all enjoyed our talk with Christian Elliott. I'm going to be participating in his upcoming Sovereignty Project program. I recommend you do the same. I'm looking over the modules, and it's tempting for me to do the health and healing modules. I know that Christian and Nina will have a lot of great content in there. I see they're including material on fasting and how to protect yourself and your family from EMF pollution. It's all really important topics. But there's another module as well, Food Fundamentals, that looks really good and relevant to me. As someone who has been a lifelong urbanite and who grocery shops for all my food, this is an obvious area for me to grow my autonomy outside of any central control. If you outsource important areas like food, health, safety, then what do you do when those that you outsource this to change the terms of agreement? What do we do in a supply line freeze? To get all the information on Christian Sovereignty Project, go to www.truewholehuman.com sovereignty and get on the wait list for this excellent program starting in April. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.